0: Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Today we're going to start a series on our heavenly rewards. There was a time when I was going through a trial, a heart-wrenching situation. A situation that I had been in many times before, not out of rebellion but out of obedience because that I had obeyed what the Lord had told me to do and opposition had risen against me for it and in a moment of pressing and near discouragement the Lord spoke to me in the midst of it and he said and he said something to me that brought peace and understanding he said child I love you enough to give you trials of great reward and of course I understood what he meant on the surface But there was a process that he had to take me through to show me the depths of what that really meant. And yes, it was very sweet when he said it. But now that I more fully understand it, it has brought me great encouragement and a new breath of endurance. And I believe it will do the same for you. In order to understand our eternal rewards, we have to understand the basic gospel. We have to understand that what we're living for is not things on this earth, but the things that are eternal, the things that truly have spiritual worth, that there is coming a day where Jesus is going to sit on a great white throne of judgment and every man will come before him. Both sinner and saints will face a judgment seat one day. Now for the saved, blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled born again, children of the kingdom, they don't go before that judgment seat to face the possibility of damnation, but they do go to receive their rewards. The Bible says that we will be judged according to our works. We're not saved by works, but we are rewarded for our works. I mean, let's face it. I don't think anybody truly believes that a person who rejects God all of their life, choosing selfish acts, and then get saved at the last minute is going to have the same reward as the person who selflessly sacrificed their entire life in the service of the Lord. Now, God is no respecter of persons. That is true, but he is a respecter of obedience and humility, which all comes as a byproduct of true faith, because the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that those who come to him must believe that he truly is God and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If we truly believe him, we will seek him. And if we seek him and hear what he has to say, we will continue to abide in that faith and obey what he has to say. And when we do that, we store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Remember, God said to store not up for ourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy or where thieves come in or where it can be taken away in a moment, he said, but to store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where it is important. And that's what this series is going to look at, the different things that are listed in scripture. And I can't say that they are the only rewards that will be given, but they are rewards that we are given a glimpse of through the scripture so that we can have a taste of the things that are coming and what the scripture says is required to make us worthy of it. So the first thing we have to understand is that we can never hope to attain anything in and of ourselves, but that we first must be born again. We must come to God as little children. And it is only by the blood of Jesus and what he did at Mount Calvary that we can obtain salvation and then receive of his spirit that would then empower us. To come boldly before his throne of grace to get his word and hear it and then walk in obedience to it it is his spirit that empowers us to be able to do the work in the first place, we could do all the works that we want to do and it not count for anything in eternity. Jesus said that many will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, they will profess him as king and they will say, We have done many wonderful works in your name. And he will say to them, You're a worker of iniquity, you're not mine. I never knew you. Depart from me. He said, It's not those who profess that he is Lord that will get in, but those who do the will of his Father that is in heaven. So it's not Not just any work that is rewarded, it is obedience to the voice of the Lord God Almighty. When we walk in the gifts and the callings and the purposes that he has created for us, we are rewarded for this. So it is nothing that we can do of our own flesh, strength, ability, or intellect. So it begins at salvation, just like Nicodemus, when he came to Jesus at night and asked Jesus, what must I do to see the kingdom of God? And Jesus said, you must be born again. Everything you were, who you were, has to die. Your pride, your ambitions, your plans, your desires, your aspirations, the things that you think are important, every sin you ever committed, every offense ever done to you, everything that you were has got to be put to rest, complete surrender to the will of Jesus. And so we come to him and we say, Lord, I'm willing to crucify my life, lay it down right now for the cause of Jesus Christ. I release everything that I once knew, and I ask for you to come and forgive me for my self-will, for trying to lead the life that you gave me in my own understanding. Because you see, before we start this series, I think I need to explain something to you. God created man to be in covenant with him. That's why through the scriptures, there are many different covenants beginning with the edemic covenant when man was created. A covenant is a partnership, just like a marriage covenant. We are in marriage covenant with our spouse. It is a partnership and there are parts, there are roles to be played on both sides. God created man to work with him. No, he doesn't need us, but he desired it. And he created us for this purpose with roles to fulfill. It is a partnership. That's what a covenant is. It is an agreement. And just like in a marriage, the bride is meant to follow the leading of the husband. We being the bride of Christ, we are to follow the leading of the head of our spiritual family. But in the beginning, man took it upon himself to listen to the voice of another. And to begin to do what he wanted to do separate from the instruction of his partner, which was God, in this covenant. And when he did that, he fell out of agreement, out of right standing. He fell into sin. In fact, the word sin in the Hebrew means failure. It was a failure to keep covenant, to do his part as the partner. Because, see, the part is for God to speak and us to obey, for God to tell us what to do, and then for us to go out and do it, and in doing so bring his will about in the earth. God created Adam to be the door that his spirit would flow through to bring blessing and fruitfulness to the land. That's why when Adam was created, it came with commandments. When he said, be fruitful and multiply, when he said, subdue the land, he gave him instructions and he was to obey them. And one of those instructions was, do not eat of the fruit of this tree. It is bad fruit. If you eat bad fruit, you will produce bad fruit. God always desired for us to produce good fruit, the peaceable fruits of righteousness. He wants us to reproduce the things of his spirit and it comes when we walk in obedience to what we hear when we spend time with him he created us in the garden for fellowship but the bible says can two walk together except they agree and so when man chose to disagree with god it broke their partnership and they began to follow the leading of another master And this is where sin comes in. And so God sends a second Adam, Jesus, to come and bring redemption from this. That we might come back into right standing. That he might prove what it looks like when somebody walks in perfect partnership with God. God spoke. He obeyed. Now we have a demonstration of perfect faith. And the power of God's grace that can be poured out when we lay down the doubt. And so today we say, God, we are sorry for our part in breaking the covenant, the partnership, in breaking agreement, in doing things our own way, in moving in self-will. But we choose today to follow Jesus' leading and say, Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. Whatever you want in this earth, how you want it, when you want it, I will seek you and trust you. And you will cause those peaceable fruits of righteousness to be produced in me and reproduced in the earth Through me, and then there will be reward in the end for the good works that you have wrought through the obedience of a faithful bride who was willing to maintain their covenant and perform their part in it. And so as we begin this series, I want it to be very clear that we cannot obtain these rewards by labor alone, but it is by faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, yet we cannot even hear his voice until we have been born again, like he told to Nicodemus. We can't come boldly before the throne of grace until we've been filled with his spirit. So everything starts by faith in the work of Jesus. So today, Lord, we believe it, and we say we want to be in right standing. Forgive us, we come to you with repentance, for every time we took matters into our own hands. Wash us in your blood, Lord, for you have made an atonement for us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit that we might be able to come boldly before your throne of grace, seek your voice and hear it, and help us to have the wisdom and the humility to obey it. That you might cause us to walk in good works, the right works, your work, that we might receive the reward for it someday. Because his word says that every other thing, every other work, materialism, or the labor of man's hands, intellect, or ambitions will be nothing but ashes at the feet of Jesus. But those who obey, no matter how humble the mission or how impossible it might seem to see it to completion, for those who walk in humble obedience and faith in the instructions of their spiritual husband, they will have crowns to lay at the feet of Jesus. That on that final day, just like Jesus told us in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, when he said, And behold, I, Jesus, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, and I give every man according as his works shall be. For I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, Therefore, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city, which is New Jerusalem. Revelations chapter 22, verse 12 through 14. What reward exactly is Jesus talking about? We're continuing a series today on our eternal reward rewards. And we see in this passage that Jesus is talking about a time when people who are blood bought, Holy Ghost filled, obedient sons and daughters of the living God will come before him in New Jerusalem to receive rewards for their works of obedience. And so we begin to ask ourselves today, what are these rewards? And in doing so, we might be reminded of when Paul said that we all run a race. But not everyone wins the prize. He said, therefore, we should run to win the reward. So what reward did he mention in this passage? He said it is to win a crown, not a corruptible crown, as those who run races in the physical, he said, but a spiritual crown, one that is uncorruptible. In Revelations chapter 4, verse 8, we read, And the four beasts each had of them six wings about him, And they were full of eyes within, and they rested not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne and worshiped him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure they are and were created. This my friend is the purpose of our eternal rewards and glory that we might have something worthy to present to our King. And so the Bible talks about several different crowns and how to obtain them. And it also warns us very clearly that if we move in our own wisdom and intellect doing what we think is right, no matter how noble it may seem, those works will all burn up and be nothing but ash in the end and we will have nothing to present to him.